Hi, and welcome to the latest trending tech podcast, brought to you by the team at iot-now.com, vanillaplus.com, and the evolving enterprise, which you'll find at theee.ai. My name is Jeremy Cowan. I'm editorial director and co-founder of these tech sites, and it's our pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you. Now, as we reported on IoT Now, the US-based semiconductor IoT systems and cloud connectivity service provider Semtech recently completed its acquisition of Sierra Wireless. To find out what lay behind the $1.2 billion purchase of Canada's specialist in cellular IoT and device-to-cloud IoT solutions, we sat down with Julie McGee, who is Semtech's Senior Vice President, Chief Marketing Officer and Chief Environmental, Social and Governance Officer. And by way of background, I should say Julie joined Semtech last year. She has more than 30 years experience in semiconductors, including as an executive at Intel, where she held positions in finance, marketing, business strategy and supply chain. She also served as chief of staff to Intel's chairman of the board and led several corporate transformation projects, taking Intel through its first Olympic Games. And in doing that, she brought 5G, artificial intelligence, drones and esports technologies together onto a global stage. So she has multiple skills. Julie holds an MBA from the University of Oregon. She completed the Kellogg School of Management CMO program and the Harvard Women on Boards program. So her experience is really broad. It's high level and topical. So um, very kind of you to give me the opportunity, Julie, just to have a chat. I did enjoy talking to Alistair when the first announcement was made, but uh, obviously that's some time ago and things move on. Yes, thank you. Yeah, no, happy to talk to you as well. I, what I really I wanted to do was to sort of try and get a handle on the motivation behind the acquisition because um, I talked a little bit uh, about that to Alistair, but not for very long. I mean, clearly there's a number of benefits that have been identified by analysts and others talking about adding high margin IoT cloud services and recurring revenues. Obviously, there are operational synergies. I guess there may be OPEX savings, but you can correct me if that's wrong. What was the motivation behind the acquisition of Sierra? The vision behind the acquisition was, you know, the fundamental belief that, you know, connectivity is an essential part of IoT. Sensors are also an essential part of IoT. And, you know, Laura is really a sensing technology we at Semtech, our goal is to really expand sensing technology capability. If you think about it as sort of the digital fingertips of the digitization process that IoT really brings. And when you look at the deployment of a sensor network, it needs really strong connectivity. And then cellular connectivity that is continuing to advance in the IoT space also doesn't have the benefit of working hand in hand with a sensing network. And so our CEO's idea was, you know, one of the things that's holding IoT back is the ability to make 
connectivity much easier, the ability to make uh, the sensing network work more effectively, and also the ability to make cellular more useful in the IoT environment. As you know, cellular is pretty expensive. It isn't immediately um, extending the benefits of sensing. It's bringing sort of broadband connectivity. And so when you put these two technologies together, you get the best of the sensor network and you get the best of cellular. And by putting them together, Jeremy, the idea is, is that we will do quite a bit of the work to ensure that they work well together. Otherwise, it's in the hands of system integrators and device makers and it's not necessarily their expertise. No. Um, and then if you and and then if you think about it, uh, then you need to be able to manage these sensors. You need to be able to manage connectivity on the devices. And Sierra Wireless was pretty far along in terms of developing their cloud services, uh, connectivity management, and device management. But what they didn't have is sensor management at all. So they were also missing that. When I use the word sensor, you can also say sensing, but they didn't necessarily have the ability to manage. They they could manage connectivity very well and manage devices fairly well. And now they will be able to add into them the ability to extend that. And so it will strengthen their cloud services. It will bring cloud services choose sensing and so it sort of ends up being this one plus one equals three now it certainly requires us to do the engineering work which we are you know one thousand percent committed to do to ensure that you know by bringing these two technologies together makes it easier um for anybody who wants to implement them at a system integration level a solution architect level you know they will be able to have a little bit more plug-and-play solutions that will make it easier for them to take the best of Laura. And, you know, Laura really is extremely low cost, extremely low power. Um, many new, you know, power-saving technologies are being applied to Laura sensors. At SCS, we were looking at a company called Dracula, then it is able to harvest air flight within a room and power a sensor. For a hoodie. That's yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. And so if you think about the cost of adding sensing capability, it's dropping. And also the utility of it is increasing. The ability to apply and extend sensing is growing but you still need to connect it to a gateway. You still need to be able to move that data. And that the, the data is for analytics. The data is information that will help, you know, consumers manage their consumption, help building managers manage their assets, help, you know, anybody who is in a position of managing data and information get greater access to data and information and make it easier for them to um, be more efficient, mm -hmm. be more cost-effective, mm -hmm. and, you know, be more sustainable with all of our scarce assets, yeah. which, 
you know, Laura has found its home so well in, you know, conservation scenarios, management of scarce resources, precious resources. You see so much utilization and application of Laura today. Yeah. Obviously, the the acquisition has changed. I mean, it's a step change in uh, the growth of Semtech and puts you in a slightly different bracket. Who do you see now as your direct rivals? Great question. You know, um, Elvar Versti has birthday, and I mean that. He he thinks our biggest competition really is ourselves. Our ability to get this integration done and effectively integrate the technology and bring new use cases. Now, there isn't anybody that currently is bringing cellular and LoRa together in quite the same way. There are, if you if you segment each of the technologies, you would certainly see competitors, um, but there isn't anybody that's sort of putting it all together. Uh, so if you look at the router and the module, or the router and gateway competitors, and uh, you know they have areas of specialization. Um, you know, those areas of specialization, one of them is really good in enterprise and one of them is really good in private networks or community networks. Um, but you don't see someone that is really trying to more broadly tackle um, all of those use cases. And, you know, we're not going to tackle every use case to begin. We think some of the places where Laura has been very, very successful in things like uh, metering, you know, extending that into uh, what we're calling connected spaces, smart cities, smart buildings, uh, where people need to do in-boundary asset management, especially where you need sensors for things like building management systems, et cetera. And on the Laura side, or, you know, there isn't really, there are other technologies, of course, that are doing sensing, but they are being sold uniquely as, hey, here's a sensing capability, you know, go figure out how to integrate it and put it together. And there are a lot of small companies that are doing system integration that are very successful, that have adopted Laura. We don't see us as competitors at all. We see it as they're who we are going to fuel. So I think our mantra internally is let's make our customers be very, you know, very focused on what our customers need, be very focused on solving a problem and be very focused on getting the integration work and releasing innovation to this community and ecosystem of innovators. We've talked a little bit about who's in the market. Where do you think the market is going? Where do you expect to see the most growth in technology terms in IoT services? Uh, is it going to be in device-to-cloud IoT solutions or uh, law-enabled end nodes or somewhere else entirely? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, I would say we see 2023 and 2024 as definitely the growth of law and end nodes. I think that growth of connectivity and cloud services will be second and combined. The growth of these uh, connectivity and cloud services that sensing is the service, as you will, will really expand the utility of sensors. 
and that will help them grow. But I think right now people are going to start expanding on sensors. There is enough now gateways out there, infrastructure out there, that I think we're starting to see more and more people. And then we're also starting to see people then to have already installed a single-use gateway, a private network, saying, okay, now that it's up and running and now that it's working, I want to apply other sensors to this network and I want to see what else I can manage, what else I can extend. So you're sort of moving past those sort of single-use case scenarios and people are expanding into multi-sensor, multi-utility environments. And I think they're going to grow equally with the adoption of cloud services. I think the cloud services really have to extend to manage more than connectivity. They have to get to the point where they can manage sensing. And, you know, that is engineering work. So it's going to start happening, but it's probably going to be later in the year. As part of your um, growth, you've obviously needed to restructure slightly. And I see that you've created two new business groups. Um, what are they and what are their different functions? Yeah, so we, um, uh, two of the leaders from Sierra Wireless are leading two of our biggest growth business units. Um, Tom Mueller is leading the IoT systems products, system products. He will have all, all LoRa chip innovation, all module innovation, and all router and gateway innovation. And he will also be the one that's looking at it end to end. So he will look at it, what are the things we can really do when we look chip to cloud? How can we think about not only how do we bring the capability of sensors and sensing two gateways and routers and ultimately use cases. But by having even higher bandwidth routing and gateway capability, what does that even do to, to sensing capability? How would that expand the way that we've thought about sensing? And then Ross Gray is leading the IoT Connected Services Group. He has the wonderful mantle of looking at how do we utilize the cloud? How do we utilize connectivity to bring all of that information into the hands of innovators, decision makers, insights, and how do we simplify cloud services? And I would say one of his biggest opportunities is really sensing and how do we make sensing a service? And it's never really been a service before. So we look at it and we say, we previously might have thought of that as device management. Um, but if you think about it differently, not thinking about it exclusively as, oh, I'm managing that sensor to know whether it's working or it's not working. Instead, you're thinking about, what am I sensing? What is it telling me? What type of real insights about utilization of asset um, and to be able to bring in true AI and analytics and look at our environments, I think that, you know, there's a sort of step function opportunity that can significantly enhance the type of cloud services that are available in the IoT environment today. Okay. You know, today you can do sort of basic connectivity and basic device health, device up, device down. Um, I think the in terms of the insights that 
you would be able to add and the type of intelligence that that sensor network will really add and bring, I think will be a staff function. Does that mean that LoRaWAN shifting its focus towards a sort of wide area and hybrid networking? More alliance and the direction that they're taking more LoRaWAN, I would never speak on their behalf, but I would say from our perspective, we see the merger of LoRa uh, is very much expanding its utility in sensing. Being able to work hand in hand with a wide area network is definitely the way that we see broader expansion and adoption for sure. Mm. So from Sentex perspective, we would never turn away from Laura's roots, but I think Laura and Cellular are working in a wide area capacity um, for sure is, is definitely the marriage that we see with Sierra for sure. When I uh, interviewed Alistair Fulton uh, after the announcement of the merger at uh, the end of last year, he was keen to stress uh, one of the goals being to resolve the um, inherent complexity of IoT, collecting data, ingesting it, analyzing it, and also integrating diverse solutions and technologies. Do you feel now that you are closer to being able to achieve that with this uh, integration? And what evidence can you give? I mean, I think that's the goal, Jeremy. I think, you know, the acquisition, we've had a lot of planning in terms of roadmaps, et cetera. And I think, are we closer to that? For sure. Because now we're one team, one engineering and product and business leader that, you know, will be able to prioritize simplification, integration, making it easier. Um, but those teams now have to work together. They have to prioritize use cases, you know, the boundaries of what you can do for your acquisition versus what you can do when you're one team. So we're definitely close to her. Um, but, you know, the months that it took to get the acquisition done now is short time. And the goals have not shifted at all. Can you give me an idea of uh, any metrics that would help people see how you're progressing over this year? What are your targets for 23? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I would say we definitely will be delivering roadmap that will, I don't want to put an exact time frame on it, but I would say in the in the very near future, in the first half of the year, delivering a roadmap that would be one of our first milestones from an integration perspective of showing what are the products and services that are going to be brought to market in the next 12 to 18 months. Um, and that's the longer term. I think even shorter term, we will be able to do things like ensure that Cellular and Laura are working together more effectively inside routers and gateways for everybody in the ecosystem. Just because we now will have shared labs, we will now have shared teams that will be able to even debug together, improve our developer tools, I think you'll see some of those things that will come immediately. I would also expect in terms of the Laura, existing Laura gateway manufacturers being able to partner with them more effectively on where they do use cellular at backhaul. You know, the Sierra Wireless team has an MBNL being able to extend and expand into that Laura ecosystem that's already using 
cellular backhaul and strengthen what they're doing. I think those are real milestones that you'll see from us this year that the ecosystem will benefit from. Mm. Um, Very interesting. So if I'm pressed to sum up, I would ask, uh, and this is a question rather than a statement, to some extent this is about creating a broader toolkit for developers to build their own applications so they're not distracted by areas of expertise that aren't theirs, like um, choosing connectivity. The, the connectivity is enabled for them. Well, the connectivity will be much easier for them to implement. Sensors will be able, will be much easier for them to be able to implement. And, you know, it'll get to the point where solution integrators have much more plug-and-play, fully debugged environments that they can, you know, get back to the business of, IoT extension and expansion and doing what the promise of IoT is really there for, which is to digitize non-digital assets and provide all that tools and information to make it operate more effectively and efficiently. Julie, that's really helpful. Thank you. I think um, our audience is going to find it uh, instructive to see where you're headed with this and uh, uh, I'm very grateful for your time. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for taking the time. And we hopefully will have more news to share uh, as we get closer to the Mobile Congress as well, where we're working on what type of previews can we give into roadmaps. So I'm sure we'll get opportunity to talk again. That would be great. I look forward to it. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you too, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us around the world. You can subscribe to the Trending Tech Podcast wherever you found us today. And at the risk of sounding like a stuck vinyl, go on, be a hero. Give us a five-star rating. Tell everyone how much you've enjoyed it because it makes a massive difference to our ranking when people look for a new podcast. Hey, I don't make the rules. Until next time, keep safe. Keep checking iot-now.com, the ee.ai and vanillaplus.com where you'll find other news and interviews and join us again soon for another trending tech podcast looking at enterprise digital transformation bye for now